Leviticus chapter 25 verse 1 And the Lord spoke unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Now, this is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, because this is the chapter that's all about liberation and freedom and being set free. It's just incredible. This is the chapter about the Jubilee and what it really means. Verse 2, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. 3. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the produce thereof. 4. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath unto the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. From the very moment that they enter Canaan, they're not there yet. They'll be entering Canaan when Joshua and Caleb take them across the Jordan. But from that moment, when they cross the Jordan, they have to count six years. During the first six years, they can reap their harvest from the land. But in the seventh year, there's a Sabbath rest for the land, and they can't plant or harvest during the seventh year. They have to let the land rest. And that's what modern day people never do. They never let the soil rest and replenish and renourish. They just keep harvesting year after year after year and they never take a Sabbath. And that makes God angry. And that's probably one of the reasons why our food supply is tainted, is because we're not following God's law. God's law is kindness toward all of his creation. We've already seen that he's kind towards people because he won't let us hurt each other. He won't let husbands mistreat their wives according to his law, and he won't let neighbors mistreat each other, and he won't let the people rob the Levites of the food that they need to eat. But we also learn that he loves his animals and he's kind to his animals because he won't let us mistreat animals. He won't let us do horrible, horrific things to a mother and child, even if it's an animal mother. Now we're going to see that God is also kind to the land, the soil, and the trees, and things that grow. He knows that the things that grow need a year to rest. They need a year to just go wild and do what they want to do. And the soil needs a year to replenish nutrients and minerals. God even cares about the dirt that he made. He cares about everything. We should know that whatever our concern is that we want to pray about, it's not unimportant. If God cares about dirt, believe me, he cares about everything that's going on in our lives. 3. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the produce thereof. 4. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath unto the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard. 5. That which groweth of itself of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, and the grapes of thy undressed vine thou shalt not gather. It shall be a year of solemn rest for the land. You can't prune, you can't harvest, you can't plant, nothing like that. 6. And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be for food for you, for thee and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for the settler by thy side that sojourneth with thee. You can't go in with your machines and do a mass harvesting, but whatever you need, just take and eat. God's going to make sure that they have plenty of food that's just growing wild, so they can just go and take as they need anytime. And so can the animals, so can the foreigners. Everybody can just eat freely. 7. And for thy cattle and for the beasts that are in thy land, shall all the increased thereof be for food. All the animals can eat freely. You can't 
tell the deer to get out of your garden. They can come into your garden every day. God will make sure that there's enough for you and the deer. And this is another thing that gets me is people who who battle the deer. Why bother? It's God's will to let the animals eat. He'll provide for all of our needs. He won't let us go hungry. We don't need to battle animals and kill animals that want to nibble off of our produce. That shouldn't be a concern for a Christian because you can see in the Old Testament, God does not want us to fight over food with animals. He wants us to trust him. Eight, and thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee. That's 49 years. For six years, they grow and harvest and do all that stuff and prune. But on the seventh year, free for all. They let the land go wild and everybody takes whatever they need, including the animals. Then they go back for another six years of doing the normal agricultural things. And then they have another Sabbath. He's saying count seven Sabbaths, which means seven of these groups of seven. You have one Sabbath on the seventh year, the second Sabbath is on the 21st year, and so and so until you get to the seventh Sabbath, which is on the 49th year. Seven times seven years, and there shall be unto thee the days of seven Sabbaths of years, even forty and nine years. Nine. Then shalt thou make proclamation with a blast of the horn on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make proclamation with a horn throughout all your land. This is like the Feast of Trumpets because they're blowing the trumpet. But in this case, every single year they have to have the Day of Atonement where the priest enters behind the veil and they have to blow the horn and everybody has to fast. But after the 49th year, when the horn blasts, then they make a proclamation throughout the whole land that this is the beginning of the Jubilee year, which is the 50th year. That's the year of Jubilee. And you're going to love what Jubilee means. 10. And ye shall hollow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. This is colossal. Even in America, we don't really know what liberty is. Today, we're losing it minute by minute. But, you know, in the heyday of America, when liberty was really high, 50s or something like that, we still didn't know what liberty really was. Because even in the 50s of America, you could lose everything, but never in God's family. You can never lose everything permanently. This is what Jubilee really means. It means no permanent loss. Things get recovered. And this doesn't exist anywhere on this planet except in God's law. You get all of your property back in that year. Whether you've paid your debts or not, you get it back in the 50th year. On the 50th year, you're debt-free. You owe nothing. If you had gone in as an economic slave because you owed money, so you had to become a slave to pay it off, on the 50th year, you're set free. You don't owe anything anymore. You're no longer a slave, even if you didn't pay it all off. Even if you only were a slave for two years and you paid off, you know, 30,000 worth, but you still owe another 30,000, in the 50th year, you're set free. That's God's law. 11. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of the undressed vines. On the fiftieth year, everybody gets to rest, including the land. We don't do any of that agricultural stuff. 12. For it is a jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. So you're just going to walk into the field, take whatever you want, but you aren't going to plant or do a regular harvest or pruning or anything. 
30, In this year of Jubilee ye shall return every man unto his possession. During the course of 50 years, your family could lose its property and get displaced, but on the 50th year you return, that property is yours. By this Jubilee law, we learn that God recovers all that's lost in our life. If your life was devastated through drugs, alcoholism, abuse, rejection, legal problems, or deaths in your life, whatever it was that devastated you, you can have your Jubilee in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about spiritual things. All that was lost to us in this life will be restored when we go to heaven. Our real property, our real inheritance isn't on earth, it's in heaven. But it's resembled here in the Jubilee. 14. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or by thy neighbor's hand, ye shall not wrong one another. Now God is going to explain how to do this the fair way, how to restore the land fair. 15. According to the number of years after the Jubilee, thou shalt buy of thy neighbor, and according unto the number of years of the crops, he shall sell unto thee. When you know the Jubilee is coming, like say you know it's 12 years away, you will base what that person has to pay you to get their land back based on that 12-year time period. If you know the Jubilee is two years away, you based it on the two-year time period. But when Jubilee comes, whether they paid it or not, they're still going to get their property back. 16. According to the multitude of the years, thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of the years, thou shalt diminish the price of it. For the number of crops doth he sell unto thee. They can pay you more if the jubilee is a long way off, but if the jubilee is only a couple years away, then you can't charge them the full price. That wouldn't be fair because there's no way that they could buy it back in time. 17. And ye shall not wrong one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. 18. Wherefore ye shall do my statutes, and keep mine ordinances, and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. 19. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat until ye have enough, and dwell therein in safety. God will make sure that they have plenty of food to eat. They don't have to worry about that. They need to rest in Him, knowing that He is the great provider. That's actually one of His names, is the Lord, the provider. 20. And if ye shall say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we may not sow, nor gather in our increase. 21. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth produce for the three years. When they gathered the manna on the sixth day, God gave them double. So they had food for the sixth and the seventh day, because on the seventh day they weren't allowed to gather. It was a Sabbath. The 49th year is the Sabbath, and the 50th year is Jubilee, which is also a Sabbath. That's two Sabbath years back to back, which means in the 48th year, They need enough food for three years, and that's what God is telling them right now. He's going to give them enough food to last three years in the 48th year so that they can rest from harvesting on the 49th year and the 50th year. And then on the 51st year, they go back to planting and harvesting, but they will have food in the 48th year for that year plus the 49th plus the 50th. God makes it easy to obey him and easy to trust him. 22. And ye shall sow the eighth year, and eat of the produce, the old store, until the ninth year, until her produce come in, ye shall eat the old store. 23. And the land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and settlers with me. God says, I'm the one who owns the land, none of you. You guys have your little property deals, but the real owner is me. And because you're my children, I am going to make sure that you keep 
the land that I give you. When that 50th year comes, what I gave you when you entered Canaan will be yours again every 50th year. And everybody is set free from their economic slavery. If they are slaves, they're set free and they go back to their families, never to return unless they get themselves in debt again during the course of the next 50 years. But then in the next Jubilee, they'll be set free again and they'll have their home again. Isn't this incredible how God restores, no matter what problems we face, God restores. And again, I'm not saying that God's going to make you rich and make you beautiful and give you the perfect spouse and the perfect kids. But in the spirit, God restores everything. When he said the land shall not be sold in perpetuity, he meant no deal is permanent because no loss is permanent. If you're buying somebody else's land, you don't get to keep it forever. On Jubilee year, you have to move out and go back to your own homeland. 24. And in all the land of your possession, ye shall grant a redemption for the land. 25. If thy brother be waxen poor, and sell some of his possession, then shall his kinsman that is next unto him come, and shall redeem that which his brother hath sold. Now we see this in the book of Ruth, where the kinsman redeemer thing happens, which is what it's talking about here in Leviticus 25. To keep the property in the family. If you lose the property because of your own debt, then your next of kin can buy the property on your behalf. But remember, on the 50th year, you're going to get it back anyway. And that's how Boaz was able to marry Ruth, because he redeemed the land that belonged to Naomi's dead husband, which was Ruth's mother-in-law. And by redeeming that land, he had the right to marry Ruth. 26. And if a man have no one to redeem it, and he be waxen rich and find sufficient means to redeem it. 27. Then let him count the years of the sell thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, and he shall return unto his possession. Whatever is owed, if you're rich enough to pay it, you pay it, and then you can go back to your property before the 50th year. 28. But if he have not sufficient means to get it back for himself, then that which he hath sold shall remain in the hand of him that bought it until the year of Jubilee, and in the Jubilee it shall go out, and he shall return unto his possession. Sometimes your children and your wife could also be in debtor's prison with you and be working as slaves to pay off debt. And you could have a stranger living in your home. But on the 50th year, you all go back. 29. And if a man sell a dwelling house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. For a full year shall he have the right of redemption. 30. And if it be not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city shall be made sure in perpetuity to him that bought it throughout his generations. It shall not go out in the Jubilee. This is one thing that you can't have restored in the Jubilee, is a house in a walled city. Houses in cities were kind of transitional housing for laborers. You didn't own the property. You only owned the house. You could lose it if you don't redeem it within a year. You could lose it to whoever bought it, and then it would be their house permanently unless they lost it to somebody else. God says the land is mine, and that's why you get your land back. Your land, including whatever home is on it, you get restored, but you don't have land inside a walled city. That's why you don't get that restored. If somebody is living in a house in a walled city in a Jubilee year and they just bought it two years ago, on the 50th year when Jubilee hits, they get to stay there. 31. But the houses of the villages which have no wall round about them shall be reckoned with the fields of the country. They may be redeemed and they shall go out in the Jubilee. Now going out in the Jubilee means they're going back to their original owners.
whichever tribe and whichever family originally was given that property by God. This is kind of a symbol of the millennial kingdom that will be set up when Christ, he'll come back for his bride, then there will be the great tribulation, then he'll come back again and set up the thousand year millennial kingdom. And in that time, there will be restoration on earth, but it won't be permanent because then we have the final battle of Armageddon, then heaven and earth is destroyed, and we go to our permanent home in heaven. But there is a restoration for a thousand years, and it's a Sabbath, because the world has been around approximately 6,000 years, and that millennial reign will be the seventh day, because it will be the thousand years after the 6,000, so it'll be the Sabbath, like a rest things will be restored because his children will rule with him in Jerusalem and they'll rule over the whole world during that time. 32. But as for the cities of the Levites, the houses of the cities of their possession, the Levites shall have a perpetual right of redemption. The Levites can get their house back anytime. Now that's because the Levites don't get the same land that the other tribes get. They get a special location that's only for them. They get certain cities within each within each tribe's area because you need local Levites to help out with every tribe. 33. And if a man purchase of the Levites, then the house that was sold in the city of his possession shall go out in the Jubilee, for the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. 34. But the fields of the open land about their cities may not be sold, for that is their perpetual possession. The fields around the designated Levite cities can never be sold. That's always for the Levites. 35. And if thy brother be waxen poor, that means to grow poor, and his means fell with thee, then thou shalt uphold him as a stranger, and a settler shall he live with thee. 36. Take thou no interest of him or increase, but fear thy God, that thy brother may live with thee. If an Israelite owes another Israelite money, he has to pay it back, but he never has to pay interest. Remember, we read previously in God's law, and I think it was in Exodus, that Israelites are not allowed to charge interest to other Israelites. They can loan them money that gets repaid, but they can't profit from loaning the money. You can only charge interest to foreigners. 37. Thou shalt not give him thy money upon interest, nor give him thy victuals for increase. You can let him borrow food from you as well, or eat food on loan, and he'll have to repay it later, but you can't charge him interest for the food. 38. I am the Lord your God, who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, to give you the land of Canaan to be your God. And the New Testament says, anyone who will not help a family member is as good as a heathen, meaning they're as good as not being saved. God is telling the Israelites, your fellow Israelites are like your own flesh and blood. They're your brothers, so you have to help them without getting anything back. 39. And if thy brother be waxen poor with thee, and sell himself unto thee, meaning he becomes your slave because he owes you money, thou shalt not make him to serve as a bondservant. 40. As a hired servant, as a settler, he shall be with thee. He shall serve with thee unto the year of Jubilee you don't get to keep him as a bondservant like you would a stranger. And in the year of Jubilee, you have to set him free from what he owes. 41. Then shall he go out from thee, he and his children with him, and shall return unto his own family, and unto the possession of his fathers shall he return. 42. For they are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as bondmen. Bondmen means permanent slavery. Like how Joseph was sold into Egypt, he was sold as a permanent slave, not a slave for just a certain number of years. You can buy your Israelite brothers as slaves if they owe you money, but not forever. Whereas foreigners you could buy for life. 43. Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but shalt 
fear thy God. So you can't be cruel to him either. 44. And as for thy bondmen and thy bondmaids, whom thou mayest have, of the nations that are round about you, of them ye shall buy bondmen and bondmaids. 45. Moreover, of the children of the strangers that do sojourn among you, of them may ye buy, and of their families that are with you, which they have begotten in your land, and they may be your possession. You can buy foreigners as slaves. A lot of people will say, oh, well, God loved slavery. Well, we have slavery today, too. It's called credit cards. They don't call it slavery, but it is. There's people all over America who do not own their paycheck. The bank owns their paycheck. The mortgage company owns it. The credit card companies own their paycheck. And that's why they struggle month to month to put food on the table. They're working for someone else. And that's the definition of a slave. God doesn't like it, but he allows people to pay their debts if they have to pay debts. What God really wants is for all of us to be debt-free. And in his law, he sets everybody debt-free on the 50th year, whether they've paid or not. And in the New Testament, it told us, don't take out loans. We need to stop taking out loans so freely and restrict our buying and pay off our debts the best that we can. And Jesus will help us. At one point in my life, I owed $49,000 and I only had a part-time job. And guess what happened? It took eight years for me to pay the debt off. But God paid $7,000 of it off himself through a bunch of miracles, mishaps, and crazy things that happened. Money came to me that I didn't earn. This is a true story. When the eight years were up, I calculated what God had paid and what I had paid, and it turned out God paid one-seventh of all that I owed. Is that phenomenal or what? He gave me a jubilee. He gave me a Sabbath rest. And it would have taken me a lot longer to pay that debt off had God not been paying off parts of it all along through all kinds of mishaps that included, you know, car accidents where it wasn't my fault and I got paid out for it. So anyway, God provides and he helps us out. He helped me to get out of debt. 46. And ye may make them an inheritance for your children after you to hold for a possession. Of them may ye take your bondmen forever. But over your brethren in the children of Israel ye shall not rule one over another with rigor. When, when he says with rigor, he means that you cannot punish an Israelite slave if they don't serve you well enough. You can punish the foreigner slave if they don't serve you well enough, but you can't punish the Israelite slave. If they're a lazy slave, you have to kind of tolerate it, and that's because they're your brother. God will deal with them if they're lazy. 47. And if a stranger who is a settler with thee be waxen rich, and thy brother be waxen poor beside him, and sell himself unto the stranger who is a settler with thee, or to the offshoot of a stranger's family, 48. After that he is sold, he may be redeemed. One of his brethren may redeem him. If my neighbor Israelite goes in debt to a foreigner and gets sold as a slave to a foreigner, I have the ability and the right to pay his way for his debt so that he can be set free. 49. Or his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or any that is nigh of kin unto him of his family may redeem him, or if he be waxen rich, he may redeem himself. God is allowing pretty much anybody to pay for this guy's debt to get him out of being a slave to a foreigner, but he can also pay for himself if he has the money. 50. And he shall reckon with him that bought him from the year that he sold himself to him unto the year of Jubilee. And the price of his sale shall be according unto the number of years, according to the time of a hired servant shall he be with him. If I owe somebody money then, and the Jubilee is five years away, and I have to sell myself as a slave, I can only sell myself for the equivalent of the five years, whatever that dollar amount would be. 
51. If there be yet many years according unto them, he shall give back the price of his redemption out of the money that he was bought for. 52. And if there remain but few years unto the year of Jubilee, then he shall reckon with him according unto his years shall he give back the price of his redemption. If you have a lot of years to pay, you need to pay it all. If you only have a few years to pay, you pay what you can. 53. As a servant hired year by year shall he be with him. He shall not rule with rigor over him in in thy sight. You can't punish him for not working hard enough. 54. And if he be not redeemed by any of these means, then he shall go out in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. On the 50th year, no matter what, whether he was a lazy servant or a good servant, whether he paid it all back or he didn't pay it all back, he's free on the 50th year. 55. For unto me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God says, the land is mine, therefore I'm giving it back to my people on the 50th year. Now he's saying, the people of Israel are my servants, and they go back to serve me on the 50th year. They aren't going to serve human masters on the 50th year. They're going to go back to serving me. This is not only God allowing us to reclaim our lives and our property, but he himself is reclaiming our property and our lives on his own behalf. So it's really God's jubilee. He is reclaiming what was lost of him. So he's saying, I lost this person to slavery. I'm getting them back. Now they're going to serve me. I lost that land that was supposed to be for my child. I'm getting it back. Now it goes back to my child. And in that millennial reign, it will be the same way. God is going to make us princes and princesses in his kingdom, and we will rule the nations for a thousand years. And that concludes Leviticus chapter 25.